Father, we just come to you this morning and we just bow before you, Lord. We just bow before you. We just say, Lord, here we are. Fill us with your Holy Spirit. Fill us with your love, your power, your glory, who you are. We want you, Lord, to rise up in us this morning, to be your children, to know, Lord, that you know and you love us. Lord, and we come together this morning to partake in remembrance of you. Lord, we come to partake in remembrance of you. And Lord, help us, Lord, to understand your word. Your word is a supernatural miracle. As we read these words, as we look to you, may you open our eyes to the truth. Because the truth is what will set us free. That's what your word says. And we just pray for your truth this morning about partaking communion in remembrance of you. So let's stand while we read the word together. Effie, stand up. Stand up, honey. There's only, let's see, one, two, three, four, five of us here this morning, so <laughs> we need you to come to church, peeps. <laughs> um, but I praise God for the five of us. God is doing a great thing. He has a plan. He has a mission, and he will fulfill it. It's not about numbers. It's, not, it's about will we stand for him if we are the only one? Will we stand? All right, let's read this together. 1 Corinthians eleven twenty three. Ready? For I received from the Lord what I also passed on to you. The Lord Jesus, on the night he was betrayed, took bread. And when he had given thanks, he broke it and said, this is my body, which is for you. Do this in remembrance of me. In the same way, after supper, he took the cup, saying, This cup is the new covenant in my blood. Do this whenever you drink it in remembrance of me. For whenever you eat this bread and drink this cup, you proclaim the Lord's death until he comes. Amen? This cup is the new covenant in my blood. This do as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. And this morning as I was praying over the communion, and uh, because a lot of people, I know I was when I grew up and, and much of my life taking communion 
was a way of remembering what Jesus did for us on the cross and thanking him for it. And we would spend time in prayer, and we should do that because the Lord said this is a house of prayer. <laughs> and we would send, spend time in prayer, and we, would, we were told to examine our hearts before the Lord. And um, so that's what we would do. And, and for me, I would be thinking of all the sins <laughs> that I had done and needed to confess for. Um, even if I had confessed them, it was just like our mind brings so much guilt sometimes when we let our flesh and the enemy take it over. Because... Jesus doesn't want us to live in that. He doesn't want us to live in that guilt. He doesn't want us to live in constantly thinking about the sins that we can commit and that we do commit because the Bible says our righteousness is like filthy rags. So even when we're trying to do the right thing, <laughs> a lot of the times we in our flesh screw it up. Because we're human and we're flesh, and that's why he went to the cross. Because he took care of all that. Remember, he says he looks at the heart. And the heart is what is going to decide, I want to follow Jesus. Right? The heart is what is going to cry out, Lord, save me. I want to follow you. And that's what he looks at. And he knows that we're going to have these struggles. He knows. And so he says, for as often as you eat this bread and drink this cup, and he says, as often as you drink it, and I was looking that up this morning because I was like, so Lord, are you saying every time we drink, right, as often as you drink it? And I, I looked up some of the... Um, the people who are <laughs> biblical scholars and biblical whatever and uh, got some of their opinions. And actually, the opinion is they're not sure. <laughs> they are saying it could be like do it at breakfast, lunch, and dinner. It could be every day. It definitely was said as often as you drink it, in remembrance of me. So the thing is, is that what the Lord was saying that I believe in my humble state of just being a Christian woman who loves the Lord and seeks the Lord is that we should do it as much as we can because we're partaking of his body and his blood. As we partake of his body and blood, as we talk about every week, that a miracle happens. And that's something that the Lord wants you to know even this morning, guys, even though it's just a few of us. A miracle happens when we come together. The songs, the prayers, the hymns, the Bible, scripture, the preaching, the Holy Spirit rises up 
in us as he hears our praise, even if we're off key, even if there's only a couple of us. He comes, a miracle takes place in this room because he says, forsake not gathering together. And those of you who don't believe that, let me tell you, believe it. It's true. It's what God wants. We're all part of his temple. We're blocks of a temple that need to come together to be a body. So he says, as often as you come together, eat this bread and drink this cup. And so we come together this morning in honor of you, Jesus, in honor of you, Jesus. We come together. And the other thing that the Lord spoke to me this morning is that, as I was saying, like, communion tends to be a time in many of the religious circles where it is a time of guilt and confession and repentance. Not nothing wrong with confession and repentance but remember god doesn't want you living in guilt he will bring conviction so that you'll repent but he if you're feeling guilt that isn't the lord the lord will bring holy spirit conviction that says come out of it and that's what repentance is but the word that he spoke to me this morning that he wanted to speak to you was to say this, I know, I know, K-N-O-W, I know you. And so many times we're like the woman at the well. We come and we are like, you know, she was living in sin all her life and she was a mess and she started to tell Jesus, right? And he's like, I know. I know. And that's what he's saying to us this morning. He knows. We don't have to take, when we come to him in confession and repentance, it's not like coming to a psychologist in the world where we start talking about all our problems. It's not where we have to lay everything out on the table and analyze it and divide it up and try to do worldly psychology. Because he says, I know. And then he says, go and sin no more. So he's not asking us to look back at our past. How many scriptures do you know where he says, run the race, don't look back? Because why? Because he knows. He knows the worst and he knows the best. And he loves us regardless with a heart of a father that says, I know, but come with me. And at the at the with the woman at the well, he said, drink of living water, right? And that's like he's saying here, as you, as often as you drink it in. He's the living water. His blood is the blood of the new covenant. 
And as we drink it, we drink the living water. And he says, go and sin no more. And I don't know why, I just believe that it's such a crutch to us that the enemy tries to use to keep us down, down and out. But the Lord says, eat this bread, eat this body, drink this blood, drink this cup that he poured out for us. And just like we're here this morning and miracles happen that we may not realize until 10 years from now, five years from now, a week from now, you could be in school, Stella or Ephraim. Chris, you could be out on the job in a couple of weeks and something happened today that will protect you. Something happened today that will bless you. Something happened today that will speak to your mind. Do this as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. It's not us, it's him. And he knows. He knows you, he knows me. And when we call out to him, the final verse he gave me this morning was, when we call out to him, we are saved, and we are a new what? Creature. We're not a critter. We're a creature. We're a new creature in Christ. And what does he say? All things passed away. Behold. Okay, that's Jesus. Behold. Just think of Jesus over you, over you at the well saying, I know, don't tell me. She said, I had, I think she said she had five husbands or six husbands. He's like, I know, I know, I don't care. I don't care. He doesn't care. He knows sin is sin. He knows the devil's out to kill, steal, and destroy. He knows that the devil is out to torment you. And he says, I know. Just follow me. Drink from the living water. You'll never think, thirst again. And that's what we believe happens as we partake together of this wonderful miracle of holy, holy, holy communion. The body and the blood of Jesus enters our body, enters our bloodstream, enters our DNA, enters our cells enters us we become his temple and that's what he's saying this morning to us as we do this simple obedient step where we look at the body let's take the body guys put it up raise it up to your father raise it up to jesus jesus we raise this up to you in remembrance of you you are life you are forgiveness you are the living water lord you are everything we need your body was broken let's break it in remembrance it wasn't just broken it was beaten it was beaten and broken so bad that people couldn't even recognize you
as a human. You, you were tortured for us, for our forgiveness, for our healing, for our brokenness. Don't hold on to your brokenness this morning. Let it go. As we break this bread together in remembrance of Jesus, let's partake together. Lord, we submit every broken area of our body, every sickness, every disease, every mental sickness, every depression, every fear. Lord, we submit all the brokenness that the enemy tries to put on us, tries to tell us we have. We submit it to you in the name of Jesus, by the cross of Jesus and what you did for us, Lord. You were wounded for our transgressions. And we just submit them to you this morning in glory, in praise, in worship. Let's say praise the Lord together. Praise the Lord. Let's say praise you for forgiveness. Praise you for forgiveness. Let's say praise you for healing. Praise you for healing, Lord. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And then we take this precious blood of Jesus, this precious blood. It was poured out, right? It was poured out because he was beaten and flogged with razor whips to where his flesh and his blood, it was everywhere. It was all over him. He was unrecognizable. He could have called 10,000 angels. He could have turned it all around, but he took it. He took it, and every drop he shed, he shed for you and me. Do this in remembrance of me. Can we at least remember him? Can we at least remember him? Can we tarry for an hour that's what he said to the disciples when they went to the garden the night before he was crucified. Can you not tarry for one hour? Can you not come to church, my temple, my body, for one hour? Let's do this in remembrance of him. And let's just make that commitment together as we drink of this, his blood, for the cleansing of our sin Lord, we just thank you and praise you. We thank you and we praise you, Lord, in our humanness. And we pray that you would enable us by your Holy Spirit to see and know as you know. Lord, what you know took care of everything. Lord, let us have that confidence in who you are. Let us have that confidence in your blood and we say thank you, Lord, and let's partake together. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you for the blood and thank you for the body. Thank you for your word and thank you for this body here this morning. I pray a special blessing on those that are here and those who couldn't come. I pray that you would speak to the hearts of those who need to come who you are calling as you are calling the remnant. 
as you are calling the remnant. Lord, we pray, Holy Spirit, begin to do a powerful work in this community. Even as we speak it here this morning, even as we partake of the body and blood, Lord, let your spirit go over Owego, go over Candor, go over Newark Valley, go over Tioga County. Lord, cover this area and move by your Holy Spirit. And we pray for the salvation of souls. We pray for salvation to come, for healing to come, for your supernatural power to be manifested in this community through your people here today, each one. We pray a special blessing this morning on uh, Grace and Julia as they are at camp. Father, speak to their spirits this morning, we pray, and bring them home safely. Lord, we just, I just thank you so much for this opportunity every day to come and to be together with your children and to, to bless you, Lord, and to glean from you, Lord, so that we can go through another week together as the body of Christ. And we pray that for for all of us, Lord, for your, your children and your children to come. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 Lord, God is good. Amen. We're going to do something a little different today. We're going to, if you have your tithes and offerings, I put the basket up here on the tables. We're going to pray over them, but you guys can put them in at the end of the service. So, Father, in Jesus' name, we just thank you and we praise you for what you're doing. We thank you and praise you, Lord God, that you're large and in charge. And we thank you, Lord God, what you have done for us and how you have made a way when there was no way. And how, Lord God, you are faithful and you always will be faithful. And you're faithful to your word and you're faithful to your children. We just thank you, Lord. We just give you the praise and honor and glory. Lord, we pray that you would have your way in this service. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, today we celebrate the triumphal entry. If you have your Bibles, you can open up to Luke. We're going to read from Luke's account this year. So it's Luke chapter 19, verses, uh, 20, I better put my glasses on so I get them right, verses 28 through. But before that, we're going to be referencing a lot of Luke and some in Matthew. You know, throughout Jesus' ministry, he constantly tried avoiding calling attention to himself. <laughs> it didn't work out too well for him, though. <laughs> because everybody that he told them not to go and say a thing to, they went out and praised God and worshipped God and worshipped Jesus for what he did. You know, in Matthew... 
uh, chapter 8, verse 1, for an example, the healing of a man with leprosy in Matthew 8. Jesus asked him, well, he asked Jesus, Jesus, are you willing? And Jesus said, I am willing to be clean. I am willing. Be clean. Then Jesus said to him, see that you do not tell anyone. Don't tell anyone. But go and present yourself, show yourself to the priest. And again, Jesus said that to another man. In Matthew chapter 9, verse 30, the blind and mute man. He told him to see to it that no one knows about this. See to it that no one knows about this. That you were... That you were blind and now you can see. I mean, I think about that and it's kind of funny in a way. Because I don't know, I would be like, if I got healed from leprosy. Or if I was blind and I was mute. And somebody came around and healed me. I would be praising God. And I would be worshiping God. I would be shouting it from the rooftops of what Jesus did. Right? I'd be like, I'm free of leprosy. Leprosy is terrible. I mean, leprosy, people lose limbs, fingers, noses, ears, toes, feet, hands. And if you got healed from leprosy, that's huge. I would be running as fast as I can to show the priest, look at what Jesus did. Look at, look at what the Son of God did. You know, back then they didn't even know who Jesus was. They were trying to figure it out. But it's so funny, Jesus told them all, go and tell no one. Go say, don't say a word. You know, I remember the one person that he went and, and he healed him and he told him, don't, don't, don't say a word. And the guy went out and he told everybody what happened to him. And from that moment on, Jesus couldn't enter some of the towns because he had such a large crowd that followed him. Hungry for Jesus. And now we have Jesus. You know, I was thinking about this last night. Last night we watched the Ten Commandments, you know, with Charlton Heston. And I was thinking, you know, last night Jesus... Was, going, was in Jericho, and he was going to be heading to Jerusalem. He was getting ready to go. But before he goes to Jerusalem, he goes to Jericho. And he dines with a chief tax collector named Zacchaeus. Do you know the story of Zacchaeus, Ephraim? No? Well, Zacchaeus was a chief tax collector. He was a very wealthy man. He was a Jewish tax collector. And a lot of people didn't like him. They called because they thought he, they, they, they did not look highly on tax collectors back then. But Zacchaeus was a short man, they said in the Bible. And he couldn't see Jesus in the crowds. So Zacchaeus climbed up 
on a sycamore tree. And Jesus said to Zacchaeus, come down, Zacchaeus, for today I'm going to eat at your house. And when he went to eat at Zacchaeus' house, and I'm paraphrasing all of this, Zacchaeus felt, you know, when you, when you get around Jesus, you can't help feel the presence of God. You can't. When everybody got around Jesus, they knew that Jesus was different. He wasn't just a man. He, they felt the presence of God. And I know when Zacchaeus got around Jesus, his heart changed and melted. And he said, I'm giving back. I'm going to give half of my wealth away. And I'm going to give back for those that I've, that I've taken more from than I should have. And I'll give it back to them four times. All because of the presence of God. And I couldn't even imagine what they talked about around Zacchaeus' table. You know, of what Jesus was saying. But it so pricked his heart. He was overwhelmed. And, and Jesus said, today salvation has come to this house. Today salvation has come to Zacchaeus' house. And you know, all these people were listening to Jesus and what he was saying. And do you know that in Luke chapter 19, verse 11, do you know, because I, I always thought and wondered, what were these people thinking of before Jesus enters into Jerusalem? What was going through their mind? You know, after seeing Jesus perform all these miracles, giving the famous Sermon on the Mount, you know, healing the, all these people, having thousands of followers, you know, they call it people of the way. Thousands of followers following Jesus. What were they thinking when Jesus was going to be going? He was heading to Jerusalem. You know, they have the Passover coming. The, you know, they're getting ready to celebrate the Passover feast. It's one of the three feasts that God commands his people to go to Jerusalem and celebrate the Passover. So there's thousands and thousands of people ascending on Jerusalem and heading that way. You know, it says in, in, in Luke chapter 19, verse 11, it says, the people thought that the kingdom of God was going to appear at once, all because Jesus was getting close to Jerusalem. The people thought that the kingdom of God was going to appear. It's amazing. They're all, I mean, can you, I can feel the emotions building up, you know, inside of them. You know, I, I'm thinking about it, I get emotional thinking about it. It's building up inside of me, thinking, you know, here we have Jesus who's, 
you know, getting ready to go into Jerusalem. And the whole time in his whole ministry beforehand, he's telling people to be quiet. Don't talk, don't talk about what, what I've done or what's going on. But the whole time that he said that, it's almost like the opposite's happening. The news of Jesus is spreading rapidly around the whole people. And when they see Jesus coming to Jerusalem, they're thinking, Jesus is so close. This godly man, who is he, a, 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 a prophet? You know, people don't know who he is yet, but, they're, but they're, they're like, they've heard of him. And now Jesus, who tried to keep his ministry on the, I would say, what do the kids say now, on the low, low? <laughs> on the down low? On the low, low? You know, now he's telling his disciples, wait a minute, get ready to go to Jerusalem. And see, Jesus knew what was going on the whole time. He knew the the plan the Father had for him. But nobody else knew the plan. You know, the disciples really knew the plan, but it seems like they weren't listening a lot when you hear the, the, the stories of the disciples afterwards. Or that they were doubting. They doubted, you know, we know of doubting Thomas. But now Jesus is getting ready to enter Jerusalem. And instead of telling all the people to be quiet about his entrance to Jerusalem, he's giving them instructions. He's telling his disciples, go enter into the city. And you're going to find a colt there that's never been ridden. And when you find that colt, untie it and bring it back to me. Now, we're all horse people here, you know. We have horses. And this is what, you know, you think about this, and this is crazy too. How many of us here, we have a horse that's named Baby. never been ridden. So, I guarantee that not one of us would go untie baby, bring him back to the barn and just try to jump on him and him not act up. Right? So here you have a colt that's never been ridden. They bring him back to Jesus. They throw some cloaks on him like a saddle blanket on him. Is what I imagine in my head. And then Jesus just hops up on this thing and he rides him into Jerusalem. And not once did it say that Colt acted up. Now, if he tried to do that with baby, probably the same outcome would come for Jesus. But if I tried to do that to baby, I guarantee you he would throw me off and buck me off. And he would probably buck you off too. So I was amazed. You know, it's amazing when you think about it. We just read those little stories like they're nothing. But here you've got a colt that's never been ridden before. You don't even, Polly's never had a saddle blanket on his back or a blanket on his back. Or any kind of weight. And then you, and then they put Jesus up on this colt. And you know, they, you know, this was all prophesied before by the prophet Isaiah. Isaiah prophesied 
hundreds and hundreds of years before it even happened. That the Messiah would come riding on a colt. <clears throat> but I can only imagine the excitement of all the people and the disciples, the followers of Jesus. And in, and in the back of their heads thinking, Jesus is coming to Jerusalem. The kingdom of God is coming. The kingdom of God is near. They literally thought that the kingdom of heaven was coming down, descending down from heaven upon Jerusalem. And you know, that's going to happen. The kingdom of God is going to appear. And that is going to happen. But in the back of their minds, that's what they're thinking. The kingdom of God is going to appear. The emotions, the, uh, the buildup. You know, the, the, the disciples were so overwhelmed that they just started crying out, Hosanna, Hosanna in the highest. Hosanna in the highest. Blessed is the king who comes in the name of the Lord. I mean, when you have a buildup of emotions, you can't help, you can't contain it any longer. You have to let it out. And when you have a huge group of people just ready to explode because their emotions have been built up, because they see the Lord, they see Jesus coming to Jerusalem to partake of the Passover, and they're not even knowing that he is the Passover lamb. But Jesus knew it. But I could imagine a whole huge group just crying out. Hosanna. Do you know what Hosanna means? It means save God who saves. And isn't that exactly what Jesus did? He's the God who saves. He saved us from all our sins. He was the perfect spotless lamb who went to the cross. You know, the Passover, all the way back, we watched it last night, the Ten Commandments. Again, the Passover went all the way back to Exodus. When, when God used Moses to lead his people out of Egypt. And it was one of the plagues that Pharaoh actually brought upon his own people. By speaking that he was going to kill the firstborn of all the Israelites, of the Jewish people. And instead God used that and turned it back on him to kill all the firstborn of Egypt. And we know the story where the Israelites took the hyssop and they dipped it in the blood of the lamb and they poured it over their doorpost. They spread it over their doorpost. And we know that the death angel went over their houses, passed over. That's why they call it the Passover. But all of the firstborn of Egypt was killed. And they had a cry out of Egypt like none they ever heard.
So Jerusalem was just packed full of people. Packed full of people. There was a lot of followers of Jesus following him. And thinking in their mind that the kingdom of God is going to appear. That this is it. The kingdom of God is going to come down from heaven. He's going to set up his rule and reign. They're going to get rid of their oppressors, the Romans. Jesus is going to be their king forever. And he's going to save them. He's going to be their mighty conquering warrior. They didn't know he was just coming in there as a lamb led to slaughter, riding on a colt. You know, Julie and I were talking about this just this morning. How one minute they can go about praising God and worshiping God and crying out, Hosanna, which means God save us. And then, and then just a few days later, be crying out, crucify him. Crucify him. You know, they were laying their cloaks down. That's why we call it Palm Sunday. Because on his entrance, his triumphal entry, they were laying all their cloaks down. They were laying, they didn't have cloaks. They were laying branches or palms down on Jesus' path. You know, and as they do that, you know, think about it. I was thinking about this. When you have to lay it down on the ground, you actually are bowing down. You're bowing down to the king. You know, Jesus is King of kings and Lord of lords. They were bowing down to him. Laying their cloaks down. Overwhelming joy. And then you got the Pharisees. I can, I can picture this in my mind as Jesus is riding on the colt. You know, as he's entering in Jerusalem. Then you have the Pharisees. You know, that are probably trying to walk next to Jesus. And they're telling him, teacher, teacher, rebuke your, rebuke these people. Rebuke your disciples. Rebuke them. And Jesus just looks at him and says, yeah, why don't you tell them? <laughs> right? You tell them to stop. You tell them to stop worshiping. You try to tell this crowd. You try to tell those disciples of mine to stop worshiping. You want them to stop, you tell them. You know? But Jesus said to them, he goes, if I tell them to stop worshiping me, then even the rocks would cry out. Even the rocks would cry out. And the word tells us that as Jesus approached Jerusalem, it says that he wept. It says that Jerusalem, if you, even you, had known on this day what would bring you peace, but now it is hidden from your eyes. Wow. You know, when I read that statement now, I think of are the day that we're living in. And I think of all the people that have just turned from the word, turn from Jesus, turn from God. That's, that's such a powerful statement. I feel like the Lord is saying that to us, his people for today, that if you, only you would know what would bring you peace. Think about that. Think about all the people we know in our own little group that don't have peace, that are unrest and unsettled. 
especially everything that's gone on with the world, with COVID and everything else, and the fear of, and the, and the loss of life, and the fear of losing lives. But yet they still aren't turning to God. People are still not turning to God. Churches are still empty. They're not where they should be yet. Only now, only if you know what Jesus has done for you, only now, if you want real peace, there's only one way to have it, and that is in Jesus. There's only one way to have peace, and that is in Jesus Christ, in, in his salvation, and the work that he's done for us. But yet, we still reject him. Jesus came to bring us all peace. He did that for the whole world. But yet, people still harden their hearts. And even though they see with their eyes, they still refuse the truth, to see the truth. And the truth is that Jesus is the way, the life, and the truth. And that no man can go to heaven except through him. And those people that don't see the truth and they harden their hearts, they're the ones that are crying out, crucify, crucify. When Jesus is so close, when his kingdom is so close, so close, closer now than ever before. Don't harden your hearts, but open them to Jesus. There is peace that surpasses all understanding. There is a joy. There is a hope. There is a love that is greater than this world has ever seen. And all of that can be yours. And that is through Jesus Christ. Receive what God has done for us this, this week. They call it the Passion Week of Christ. It's because of the passion that Christ had for his creation for all of us. And the sacrifices that he went through and endured this week for all of us. To set us free so that we can have that peace. So that we can have that joy. It's right there at the door knocking. The kingdom of heaven is so close. Hosanna. Hosanna in the highest. God save us. Amen. God save us. God save us all. I don't know, whoever hears this, that if God is calling you and speaking to your heart, don't reject him. He wants to help you. He wants to love you. He died on the cross for you. He shed his blood, his innocent blood for you. So that you could be with him forever in eternity in paradise. You do not have to suffer death. Amen? 
So, Father, I just pray right now as we close this service that, Lord God, that you would speak to all of our hearts. That, Lord, we know and believe that the kingdom of heaven is closer now than ever before. Lord, you could come back any day, any minute, any moment. Even right now. Even this week during your Passion Week. Lord God, you can make your entrance back. Another triumphal entrance. <laughs> Lord God, here. Lord God, and we believe that and we know it. Because it's your word and you've promised it. Lord God, and we just give you all the praise and honor and glory and thanks for what you are doing and what you're going to do. And Lord, I just pray that all of us here and all of us that hear this word would be ready and would receive you and would accept your love and everything that comes with your love, which is peace, joy, patience, kindness, gentleness, self-control, Lord God, all of the fruits of the Spirit. And I just pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen.